You obviously know Kung Fu. Hey, this is Louis Tan. I play Gaius Chow on Into the Badlands, and you're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. My name's Shatterstar. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. What's up, boys and clan? Today, I welcome back Lewis Tan for a round two interview in the middle of what has got to be one of the most exciting weeks for him in his career thus far. And we'll get into that because I caught up with Lewis by phone as he was just settling back into LA after a quick trip to New York City for the world premiere of Deadpool 2. And as tired and press junket fatigued as he no doubt was, he was gracious enough to share some stories with me. Hey, brother. How are you? Good. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Nice, man. How are you? Good to talk to you. Yeah, good to have you back. Hell yeah. Back <laughs> and better than ever. You are blowing up, brother. Blowing up. I mean, it's crazy because it's like a year's worth of work came out in a week. It's got to be such a whirlwind this week for you. You just debuted on Into the Badlands. Tomorrow, worldwide, Deadpool 2 hits. Can you even process the electricity that is surrounding you right now? I mean, it's a great feeling because, like I said, it's a year's worth of work that I had to keep quiet and I had my head down and I was just, I was just grinding, man. Like nine months on Badlands, fighting every day, dealing with the cold weather, keeping Deadpool a secret. Like, all of that came out in one week, and it's a good feeling. It feels surreal. I'm just grateful and, and happy that everybody likes the work, and I put, uh, I put everything into it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to, to have the attention right now, and, uh, but I'm also keeping myself very grounded because I know, I know there's, there's, more, there's more work to be done, and, and, uh, and I'm just riding the wave right now, you know. That's awesome. That's, I'm, I'm so stoked for you. That's awesome. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. And it's good for Asian Americans. You know, it's it's a uh, it's a good time for us, and and this is a good moment. And uh, there'll be there'll be plenty more. I, I think we've just jumped right into the interview. But uh, thanks again for uh, for coming back on. I know you're busy. I know you just came back from New York. Uh, you're all over LA. You are all over the media outlets. Everybody wants a piece of Lewis Tan right now. Uh, and just a few weeks ago, uh, you were busy in Ireland, wrapping up into the Badlands and doing some great stuff there with everything that's going on around you. How are you staying grounded? Well, the thing is, you know, all this, I'm, I'm no fool when it comes to this type of thing where you can get lost in the hype and you can get lost in the attention. And although I'm grateful for the attention, I understand that this is temporary and I need to focus on the work. I need to focus on, you know, the move that I want to make next. I need to focus on what type of shows and how I want to be portrayed and, and uh, the, the type of message that I want to get out to audiences and um, representing, you know, myself and representing Asian Americans in the right way. And uh, there's a lot of stuff to be done and there's a lot of stuff to focus on. So, you know, that's kind of how I'm staying grounded. But having said that, I mean, I, when I was in New York at the Deadpool premiere, I was completely overwhelmed. I mean, the <laughs> fans, Marvel fans are insane. And then Deadpool Marvel fans are like the craziest of the Marvel fans. And like they are... 
really, it was really intense. Um, and at the same time, I got, you know, Badland airing. I'm getting hit up on social media by everyone saying that, you know, they loved Gaius and the introduction to the character and, and the fights. And, um, yeah, it just, it just made me feel good. It made me feel like the work was worth all the effort. And, and it's a nice moment, definitely. I will remember this moment for a long time. <laughs> so will we. Now, like, as a fan of both properties, it's, it's kind of hard for me to decide what I'm more excited about. I love Into the Badlands. It's truly groundbreaking, you know, in terms of scope and vision and integrating diversity and all that. Guy's Chow looks cool as hell. I'm also a product of the comic books in the 90s, so X-Force was a game changer. You know, whether you, you loved them or hated them, Rob Liefeld changed the way that comics were presented in the 90s. Uh, and Shatterstar was one of those characters that was super cool and leapt off the page. Now, as the actor bringing both of these characters to life, do you feel any affinity for one over the other, or are you just loving that you, you have a hand in creating this on-screen life for these guys? Well, right now, I feel like taking a break from Gaius because I was doing that role for nine months, and I've never done a role for that long before, and uh, it, it has a deep effect on your emotional state, and it's... It, uh, a process that I haven't learned yet and now I'm I, I got thrown into it and so now I've learned a lot I learned a lot of lessons from that um, and I put a lot of work into that so I'm very happy with the way that it's kind of came out and I'm happy with what I've seen so far but I definitely want to take a little bit of a breather and I'm also like really excited because Shatterstar I filmed that uh, you know almost a year ago so <laughs> it was one of those things where now it's nice to kind of revisit and, and he has such an interesting and complex backstory um and the fans yeah and like you said rob did such a good job of you know breaking boundaries with that whole x-force and and with deadpool and he's such a nice guy too so it's nice to be working with them it's nice to be seeing them again and it's nice to have talks of the x-force film uh that is in, in pre-production right now so you know um we'll see in pre-production yeah i mean x-force film is happening drew goddard from cabin in the woods is directing it and that's going down. I don't know what the script is. I don't know what the story is. They haven't reached out as far as that's concerned yet, but I mean, I'm pretty sure uh, due to the fans' reaction, I'm sure that they would want to see more Shatterstar. Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. How long exactly did you have to sit on that Shatterstar news? I sat on it for, I mean, what, like 11 months. <laughs> I, I sat on that. You know, it's a miracle that that didn't get out because it wasn't just me. It's a miracle that the whole thing didn't get spoiled because... We all sat on it. Terry, Bill, yeah. me, everybody on the set, all the crew, you know, everybody had to sit on these secrets. And it was, it's, it's literally, I'm blown away that they kept it a secret for this long. It's, it's incredible. I mean, obviously Fox and Marvel's marketing team is probably the best marketing team in the business. And, and, uh, they did a killer job releasing news slowly. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be a part of it. It's insane. At Comic-Con, when I was doing a panel, I was doing a panel, Asian-American superhero panel, and they were asking me about Iron Fist and what's up next. Couldn't say anything, and I had a backpack full of X-Force and Shatterstar comics <laughs> research. I was buying them, like, from people secretively, thinking to myself, this dude doesn't even know. He just bought a, he just bought a comic book from Shatterstar. I just bought a Shatterstar comic. <laughs> it was crazy, man. I had this, like, weird kind of, like, secret inside, and I just couldn't tell anybody. It was, yeah, it was a trip. That's amazing. I, and I think it's fair to say that not a lot of people saw that coming at all. I mean, you tried a little sneaky stuff on your stories to kind of hint at it, uh, your Instagram stories. For anybody that follows Lewis Ten on, on Instagram, uh, very active. And uh, I think 
during the whole Into the Badlands things, you, you posted this one shot. It's a very odd shot of just a, like a comic rack. And uh, I was trying to figure out what you had going on since uh, the last time that we talked, you mentioned that you had this secret project going on. And, and you know, I was making every speculative guess on the planet. But uh, you posted this one shot of a, a lonely comic rack at like at night. And it, it was a ton of comics. Uh, so it for anybody that was just passing through, it was like, oh, Lewis Ten, you know, likes comics. But there was one emoji towards the middle of the comic books uh, that was somewhat near a Deadpool comic. And I looked at it, I was like, hmm. And I wonder. And so, uh, you know, a little bit of research. Uh, I was like, you know, there was, a, there was some hints maybe about uh, maybe some X-Force characters showing up. But, I mean, they were not concrete rumors at all. There was nothing around them. There was It was guessing and, and hinting. And you know, I, I said, look. I'm going to take a shot, and I, I, I messaged you that when I when I saw that picture. I was like, all right, this is a guess. Obviously, you can't confirm if it's real, but here's a guess out of the blue. And I said, you know, maybe the X-Force characters show up, and maybe Shatterstar shows up, and, you know, he's a martial artist, uh, an alien from, uh, from Mojoverse. Maybe that's you. And then I left it at that. And to your credit, you didn't say a damn thing. I didn't, but you're a damn detective. You should, I mean, if, if, so if this whole thing fails, you would be an incredible detective. Uh, <laughs> No, seriously. And when you sent me that, I literally was like, I panicked. I was like, oh shit. I was like, oh shit. Nobody knows. But you know, I said, mean, yeah. It was it was funny because I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really. I mean, obviously, I didn't want to spoil it. I didn't want to say anything to anyone. And I remember walking past that window with all the comics. I think I was in Barcelona. Or, no, I was in London. Um, I think I was in London. Mm-hmm. And I uh, walked past that comic book store, and I was just saw the like Deadpool X Force comics, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to take a picture of this, and if someone finds an Easter egg later down the line, then they find it." And I, you're the only person that guessed it from that, though. There was a couple <laughs> people that were like, "Hey, why'd you take a picture of that comic book rack?" And they were like, "It's asking," but they didn't. They didn't go to the investigation detective mode like you did, and you figured it out. That's insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a cool story. I'm gonna remember that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you that because I forgot about that. It's funny because uh, you know I I looked for that uh, that story again and like it, it had disappeared. I was like, no, no one's ever gonna believe me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll, I I will confirm it. That's, that's <laughs> that is awesome. So, with everything going on on a scale of one to Gavidra seven, how high are you feeling right now? <laughs> um. I feel, I mean, look, part of me, you know, feels the top, uh, top level of a high and part of me is not because the thing is you want to stay at a balanced, uh, energy. Like, you know, when I was at the premiere, like I said, I got a little bit overwhelmed by how crazy it was, but I was also, I took it in, I was present and, uh, talked to a lot of fans, you know, took a lot of pictures and, and did, 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 did a lot of interviews and I, and I was fine. But deep, but inside I was kind of like, wow, this is intense. Like this is, it's it's incredible, you know. So I think it's very healthy to not let that stuff get to you and to not be too overwhelmed and too excited. Um, I think I've learned that in the business over the years, uh, almost booking really big roles and you know huge films that I that I had contracts for that didn't go through. Um, you can't let yourself get too excited. So look, I mean, I'm really excited, obviously, but um, I'm trying to keep a wrap on all that. <laughs> um, were you a fan of? The, the character before you got this news? Because uh, I think you did say that you had a toy when you were a kid, but were you like a, a Shatterstar fan? 
I wouldn't say I'm, I was a Shatterstar fan. I was a Deadpool fan. Uh, I didn't know too much about Shatterstar, except that he was cool and he had swords. So, like, I knew that that's why I had the toy. I remember playing that toy, and um, I don't remember, you know, getting into the comics and figuring out what Shatterstar's deal was. So, no, I can't say that I was a fan before. I'm a huge fan now. And um, I think that, obviously, his complex backstory would be really cool to see on screen as well, you know? I mean, I think... To see him in Mojo World trapped in this kind of like his slave world where he's, you know, being forced to do like a gladiator, Russell Crowe type thing, you know, it's kind of like Groundhog Day meets Gladiator. I think it would be like a really cool uh, prequel to his story yeah. um, in Mojo World, which we've never seen before, and that would be really intense. Um, but yeah, I think I think visually and storytelling-wise, it's a really cool, it's a really cool concept, and um yeah, let's see what they want to explore with it. But I'm up for it, of course. That's I cool. I think that there's so much to explore with that character. It's really interesting. Yeah, so how much of the source material really does make it into the movie? Um, well, this is an introduction to the X-Force. So this is this is about Deadpool and, and, and Cable. And the X-Force in the film is it's basically introduced, and, and uh, you'll see some of it, but, you know, they're saving that for the X-Force movie. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a nice treat to see some of the X-Force and see them in action a little bit, but then also the movie's mainly, you know, about Deadpool and uh, and the uh, situation that happens with Cable. That's cool. All right, so what kind of martial arts does an other-dimensional alien practice? Yeah, well, I think, you know, based on the, what I've read and my research on it, I would like to believe that he studies many different styles. Um, and then due to his, you know, the way that he uses the swords, I think a lot of uh, traditional Japanese uh, katana style uh, comes into play because traditional Japanese katana style, I'm sure you know, it's more about like real cuts and it's not as fancy mm-hmm. um, and it's more deadly and more aggressive and uh, more lot like it's linear. It's very linear. I think that Shatterstar probably has a mixture of that um, as well as Kung Fu and, and you know, uh, MMA and, and gymnastics and, and, and everything. I think he's a he's an all-rounded fighter, for sure, 100%. You know, I mean, he's been trained and genetically, you know, trained, uh, engineered to to be this warrior. So I think he probably has a mixture of all styles, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I got a, a couple of questions from a fan. One fan, Samson Warren Ader, he said, uh, what's your favorite type of sword if you have one? Well, Samson, um, much, well, I train with a a katana. Like, I have yeah. a, a, a katana made by this sword maker named Ken Carr. He's made a lot of uh, swords for different films and stuff. Um, he's designed me a perfect sword for my, my height and my arm length. Um, so I have that sword sitting next to me right now, actually. And uh, that sword is the one that I train with in all those videos. It's sharp, but it's not sharp enough to, like, cut your arm off. It's cut me a few times, and, and it's definitely not something you want to get hit with, but it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's pretty cool. So that's my favorite type of sword, and I, Shatterstar swords are different because they have knuckle guards on them, and yeah. you can't, uh, you can't flare them or flower them. You can't move them around um, in the same way that you could a normal katana without the guard. So I prefer the normal katana, and I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of that, another fan, Cool Guy Jay James, wanted to know if uh, if you preferred uh, single swords or dual swords when you're doing your thing. I'm not sure if he means one or two, or like Shadow Star, how he has two blades. I think he probably means two swords. Like yeah, two swords, two swords, yeah. 
Uh, I like both. I mean, in Badlands, as you see on that first episode, I did two swords and then I yeah. transitioned into one sword. That was pretty cool. Um, I feel more comfortable with one sword. I think one sword is more realistic and also one sword is more powerful because you can cut somebody with two. They got to be smaller swords. They're heavy. Like people don't understand. These swords are heavy. So you're swinging that thing around and your wrists hurt and it's, it's, you know, my wrists are like all jacked up from, from doing swords. <laughs> And then my yeah my 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 trainer uh, Caitlin Deschelles who doubled Wonder Woman she's yeah. a world champion and she her her wrists are all messed up too so you know it's heavy carrying that sword around so I prefer to do one sword um, and do like real kill cuts like when you see those videos of me training most of those moves are like kill cuts you know some of them are more fancy and a little more like tricky but the other ones most of them are like they could kill you or cut you in half you know that's cool. And originally, when you were when uh, people were designing those swords in feudal Japan, they would they would stamp the swords with the approval of the sword maker once it cut somebody in half. And they would <laughs> test them, yeah, and they would test them out on prisoners. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so that's all like like legit. Like there's real swords that are you know, they're they're very expensive and um, they've cut and people in half, and that's why it has the stamp on it, wow. like the Hattori Hanzo stamp. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Nice. Well, let's uh, let's take that sword talk back into the Badlands, which is awesome. This season feels so much more expansive. The world feels so much larger now that all these cool characters are are, are entering the uh, picture. And of course, uh, your big debut is Gaius Chow. What is Gaius Chow bringing to this whole world that uh, us as Badlands fans need to be ready for? Well, he's definitely shaking things up, and you'll see, I mean, he has a really cool backstory when it comes to his family, and he also has deep ties with some of the Badlands original cast, which I won't, I won't give away who or what, but you'll see them in the next episode, and you'll kind of get an idea of, what it, of, of where it's going, but he has, he's basically like a ticking time bomb, like they've locked him in prison, you know, his family has disowned him, he's the black sheep of the family, he hates his mother, he hates his sister. And they've basically let this ticking time bomb out of jail. So, you know, he's going to shake things up and um, he's going to shake things up very quickly. So it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> now, uh, we've talked about how the fight unit on the show is, is incredible. Um, and it really shows, in spite of all of that amazing action that we've seen so far, I have not seen the level of hype that's been talked up for the fight between you and Dean Chapman. So what is it about this fight that got all of you guys, the actors, not just the fans, but the actors buzzing? Yeah, I mean, people were talking about that fight a lot on set. Um, I think it's a number of things. I think Dean Charles Chapman is a dancer, and Dean Charles Chapman uh, did a lot of, it, you know, 90, 95% of that scene himself. Wow. Um, and so did I. So, you know, I think that element means, uh, made a huge difference. I also think that although the... the Badlands does insane, beautiful choreography with a lot of wire work, Hong Kong-style wire work. This one doesn't have any wire work. So I think that maybe it was like a, a cool switch-up uh, of style. It was also my first fight of the show, and, <laughs> Dean, and Dean, you know, Dean wanted to do it all, and it was very difficult for him, but he did a fantastic job, and I commend him for that. He moves really well. He picks up choreography really well cause from his dance background. Um, and so, yeah, he, he picked it up really well and me and him, me and him went at it for days. I mean, that, that, that was a really long fight sequence that Stephen Fung and, 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 uh, Master Didi came up with. And, 
It was really intense choreography. There's a couple shots that are really long shots where we do like 25 moves in one take. I mean, that type of stuff uh, takes a lot of precision. And um, yeah, it was a really aggressive fight. And I think I got a lot of feedback online saying that people thought it was one of the best fights, not the best fight that they've seen so far, you know. Um, I, I think that, and this fight is one of the fights that they submitted for the Emmys. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so that's really cool. So that's cool that I got to be a part of that. They submitted, you know, the Moon Tower fight, uh, a couple of Daniels fights, and they submitted this fight. And I thought that that was really special. So, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm proud of the work. We we put a lot of work into it, and we bang each other up a lot. So yeah, it was even longer than a cut. There was more to it. Even there, we, we I'm shot sure. a bunch. Yeah, we shot a bunch of stuff, and the way that they ended up cutting it. I mean, I love how they ended up doing it, but there was a lot more stuff as well. There was a uh, that close up uh, sequence where the the blades just start clanging off of each other, and it feels like forever. But it's it it seems like a hundred hits in just a few seconds. That was uh, pretty intense. Yeah, that's the shot I'm talking about. They did one long take of me going backwards and forwards with Dean, and he's just going crazy on me, and I'm blocking every hit. Um, yeah, that that scene that segment took a took a while to get right because. You know, Master Duty's a, and uh, and Stephen Song, they're perfectionists, and and uh, me and Dean were really tired, but we made it happen, and and um, it looks incredible. And I think that when people saw that on the on the dailies, and everyone that was on set, you know, rumors started to go around. People were like, "Damn, you got to watch that Dean, you know, Lewis and Dean's fight." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it got hyped up, you know, and and it paid off. Luckily, everybody thought it was it was good, so I'm really I'm really happy because I wanted to do a good job. I love those guys. And I look up to them, and I wanted to honor what they've done, and with Kill Bill, and with all the all the work that they've done. And um, it was a special moment for me. I wanted to give it my two hundred percent. So that's cool. There's there's a lot more of it too. I wanted to touch on that because there seems to be a really genuine camaraderie among, amongst all you guys on the set. How tight is that crew? So tight. We're like a family. I've never had this type of experience, and many of the other actors said the same thing. I've never felt this close to people. I mean, I, those are my friends for life now, you know? Um, and we, we even traveled together. Like we would take trips together on the weekend to different countries. We would hang out all the time on set, off of set. I think that because we're in a very hard environment in Ireland and dealing with really cold weather and extremely difficult training and extremely difficult fights that you have to lean on each other and trust each other. And if that doesn't happen, Oh man, it's very difficult to get that type of, that level of action done. It's almost impossible. Yeah. So the crew and the cast um, got very close, and we support each other, and um, we help each other through it. You know, so That's yeah, cool. I love that casting crew. It is it is like a family, and you know, we 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 fought and we had a hard time, and there was there was issues, of course, but you know, we supported each other. And I would show up on set just, just to watch other people's scenes and other people's things, and they would do the same thing. It's like we really cared, you know? So, and I think you can see that in the work. Yeah, like any family. Yeah. Now, have you guys casually talked about maybe working on other stuff together beyond the Badlands, maybe? Uh, here and there, yeah. Um, definitely, I would love to do something with, you know, Sherman Augustus or, or Aramis. I mean, Sherman's a great martial artist, too, and um, yeah. he's, he, he's the real deal. And uh, my father... Sherman will tell you a funny story if you ever talk to him about him, but my father got him into martial arts. Yeah, yeah, we had a cut. Yeah, he was on yeah. the show. Yeah. yeah, so that's really crazy to think about, kind of full circle, and now <laughs> he's got his black belt, and now, you know, he's kicking ass right next to me, and yeah, that was, 
that was really crazy. So, but I would work with any of them. They're all very talented and they're all um, good people and very committed. So, I would love to work with them again. Yeah, something cool. cool. Uh, one more fan question. Uh, Angela Stahoviak uh, says, "You got so many wonderful things to say about the cast. She loves hearing those stories. She's a serious animal lover, so she wanted to know: Will you make arrangements to have Bear in Ireland with you for filming next season?" <laughs> Uh, you know what, Angela, I would love Bear. I miss Bear so much. I was like emotional. I was like an emotional wreck when I see pictures of her that like my family would post or whatever. It's really hard to be away from her for that long. And when I came back, she was like not trying to talk to me. She was being a bitch. She was like super rude. She wouldn't look at me. She wouldn't do anything. So, and she's still kind of like a little bit weird, you know, around me. So I definitely, it definitely affected her. But these are the sacrifices that you have to make in order to get something like the Badlands done. And um, yeah. it was really difficult. But I don't think Bear would come with me because it's too hard out there. I mean, yeah. the, the snow, the rain, and I'm never there. I'm not available to. I didn't have a chance to sleep. There were nights that I forgot to eat. Like there was, I mean, we were working, man. I was five, it was 5 a.m. every day. You know, sometimes it was 5 a.m. every day, six days a week. So, and then you'd go from drama to fight unit, and then you'd go back and forth, and and you'd be on a wire all day. You'd be fighting. You'd be tired. I would get home and just crash. So, it, w- it wouldn't be a good environment for there. She'd probably have to stay home with my with my family again. And unfortunately, <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure she's glad to have you back. Yeah, she is for now. <laughs> Speaking of all that emotion, uh, someone uh, on set uh, wanted me to ask, uh, how many times did you cry during that last week before you wrapped? <laughs> Everybody cried. Everybody was <laughs> crying, man. There was moments where we would just look at each other. I remember looking over at Ali, Ali Needy's on one of the last days, and just like, and she'd be like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. And I'd be like, don't look at me. It's just one of those things where it's like, Damn. We just did something. You know, you live with these people. I lived with yeah. them. I basically lived there and with them for a year and um, went through trauma with them. You know, it was traumatic filming this type of show. It's crazy. Physically and emotionally. So, yeah, I cried a lot. I'd say probably like, I don't know, maybe like six or seven times. <laughs> I don't like to admit it. There was, a, there was one time that one of these actors, one of the actors that's going to come on and play a new character, I don't want to say yet, so, so I don't want to give it away, but there's an actor an English actor and he comes on later in the season and he kills it. Absolutely kills it. And he only came on for like six, seven episodes. And, uh, when he was there, when, when, when he was done, I remember being in the elevator with him and he's crying, like straight up crying, crying. And I was like, I'm not going to cry because this man is crying and I'm not going to cry. And so we're both sitting there like grown ass men in an elevator crying. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. So I didn't cry. And he cried, and then he left. And then when I went back to my room, I cried. I was like, <laughs> you know, so it was one of those things. It was, uh, yeah, it was a crazy experience. That's amazing. And I, it really does show, in even in just the few shows that we've seen this season, uh, there is a tightness to the way that you guys interact. And it, it, it looks like you, you, you brought all of that tightness to the performances. And it looks amazing when it uh, translates on screen that way. Yeah, I agree, and I hope the show gets gets its fair due, you know, um, because it really is amazingly written and amazingly directed, and 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 the fight choreography in it is is next to none. You can't you can't compare it. I mean, uh, it would be silly if if they didn't get the Emmy for that because they yeah. deserve it. Yeah. Uh, one more question from Angela, and then uh, we'll 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 talk again about Deadpool in a little bit. But 
Angela is a, uh, a Shakespeare scholar, so the name Gaius is, is short for Gaius Julius Caesar. Is there any significance to that name without giving away any spoilers? Wow, that's awesome. She's, she does her research. That's really cool. Um, funny story about that is I couldn't make a connection to the name when I first got the part, and it's very difficult for me to play roles if I don't feel invested in the character in the way that I am that character. I'm embodying the character. Um, I don't like to pretend. I like to get into it, and, and, and I'm not like a method actor in that sense, but I do like to I like to embody the character, and I couldn't get the name. Every time I heard it, I was like, no, it's not me. It's not me. Until I did research, like she just did, about Julius Caesar, and made some connections with the character, um, and, and found the roots of the name, and found where it's from, and what it means, and, and how... You know, it's, there's a lot of strength in that name. It's, 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 it, it, it is a warrior's name, you know. And uh, I made those I made those connections emotionally, and it helped me get through it. So, cool. yeah, there is a lot of nobleness and pride and um, power in the character. Those are, those are some words that I would use to describe him. So, yeah, it's it's it does have a connection. It's really interesting that she made that connection. I don't think anybody's <laughs> anyone's asked me that before. Good question. Very cool. All right, now with uh, Shatterstar. And with guys, and with you as an Asian American actor, uh, you've got this opportunity to to bring that uh, representation to the forefront. Um, guys, Chow looks like a sympathetic character right off the bat, but strong, uh, strong-willed, clearly defined even just from the debut. Shatterstar uh, still remains to be seen. I haven't seen it. Have you seen the movie? I've seen it twice. Okay, and and you know, so are these vehicles? that are going to kind of lift that profile and, and start making waves where uh, where they need to be made for Asian-American representation? I think so, 100%. I mean, I'm going to do that regardless of any of these projects. I mean, that's something that is just happening. And, you know, I'm bringing along with me whatever I can, leadership-wise, and whatever I can do as a human and as an actor to, to help promote that, that type of thing because I feel like it's necessary, like it's important, like I feel called to be a part of that movement. Um, and, you know, in Deadpool, the X-Force is, is, like I said, it's, it's introduced into a story that's mixed with, with, with Deadpool and Cable. So it's not the main, it's not the main attraction there. Sure. Uh, and I think that, you know, hopefully it will be at some point, but regardless of what happens, you know, there's an Asian American on a, on the poster there, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's three Asian American leads in Into the Badlands. That is amazing. I mean, that's, that's, uh, never been done before. It's, it's groundbreaking, and um, the work is going to speak for itself, and the work is going to push that movement, and and it will affect it. It will have a domino effect. That's what I'm hoping, you know. Cool. But um, as most people know that have talked to me before, I'm I'm inspired by that movement. I'm inspired by breaking open those doors for the next generation, and hopefully they take it even further than what I'm going to do. And um, that's that's what it's all about. So I'm fully committed to that purpose and um these these roles help me a lot too but also just being in the in the you know eye of the of 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 the entertainment industry and then seeing these type of things will trigger other roles to be made and other roles to be written for other people and and um yeah i'm very very excited about it and i'm very grateful for the people that gave me these opportunities so yeah 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 you know speaking of those other roles another uh instagram story of yours that i wanted to touch on is that personal project that we spoke about the last time that you were on, The Fireborn. Uh, when we last spoke, you said it was based on your 
your father's trials and tribulations as he was coming up in the industry. What can you tell me about the status of that project? Yep. I mean, that was going down as soon as, but then I booked Badlands and I had to leave. Uh, as oh, soon as I landed in LA, the next day I took the meeting again with the producer, Tucker Tooley, who produced The Fighter with Christian Bale and a lot of other really great movies, including Dennis that I had a small cameo in, mm-hmm. and uh, Dennis too, which I'll have a bigger part in. Nice. And um, that, uh, he's an incredible producer and a good friend, and, and uh, he, want, he wants to move full forward with that project. So as soon as I got back, he was like, well, you just you kind of, uh, you know, raise your status even more. And we were going to make it before this happened, but now we're definitely going to do it. So, um, yeah, that's happening, man. And hopefully I can put uh, a story together that no one's seen before on American television. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of diverse actors, you know, all that's sorts cool. of different types of people with really interesting characters. And um, then, then I can have more creative control, and then I can really try to, you know, uh, fine-tune the message that I want to get out there. Is there a place where we can keep up with that, or is that still in development? Uh, I'll probably know in, a, in about a week or two what how that's going to go down. But right now, we're looking for a showrunner that's going to match what we want to do. But the the show's happening; it's happening 100. percent So awesome. you'll 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 be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, we we'll find a showrunner and uh, get it, get it popping. That's the next step. In light of films like Moonlight and Black Panther, powerful voices for African Americans. What, if anything, do you see on the horizon for Asian Americans, especially since you've got these these uh, platforms where uh, where someone like Shatterstar can become this potentially huge A level superhero? Well, there's a lot of first off, there's a lot of money to be made with the Chinese market, the Asian market. Um, there's a lot of money to be made here in America with with sure. uh, offenses. So you know, I think that that's kind of the first depth for the studios to see, like when they see Get Out and Black Panther and like you said, like Moonlight, like make, you know, all incredible films, all made a ton of money. And um, I think that that that's the first step for them. Then they need to go, okay, well, who do we have here? And so now there's a, and there's a lot of, you know, Asian American actors that are on the come up that are doing good work that, that are going to have those roles. But see, the thing is, like how I was creating the Fireborn, the reason why I did that is because there wasn't opportunities for me uh, to get the story that I wanted to be made. So I would right. get scripts, and I turned down a lot of different roles because it just wasn't right. And I didn't want to work this hard for, you know, 15 years of my life to get to a point where I got offered a part that I didn't want to do and got stuck on a show that I didn't want to be on. That, that's not why I'm here. That's just, that, those are just money moves. And I don't want to do things for money moves, you know. Like, money is going to come regardless. My, my, my legacy and my career and... And inspiring uh, the future generation—that's more important to me than than anything else. So you got to create your own opportunities. So you will see films like um, like those amazing films. I don't want to compare them because I don't like to do that. But there will be movies made by Asian Americans that are going to tell stories that people haven't seen before, and that's what happened with Moonlight. And we we will also have that type of thing. So it's going to take some time. I don't think we're there even close to being there yet, but we're on that brink of of breaking down that wall. We're on the brink of that. The wall is like crumbling down and we're just going to storm through it. That's, that's what's on the horizon. Now, where are you going to be for the uh, worldwide premiere tomorrow night? Well, the world well, the world premiere that I was just in New York, I just got back uh, yesterday from New York and that was the premiere that I went to. So that's, that, that was the one and it was insane. I mean, like I said, <laughs> it was just, it was the, one of the craziest things I've ever experienced with all the fans there and they just went absolutely mental. And um, 
I had a I had a great time. I was completely overwhelmed and with the response. And most people are saying, you know, that it's it's better than the first and we got like four to point five stars from Rolling Stone. Everybody's saying that it was, you know, um an incredible sequel, which, you know, usually it's very difficult to get the sequel to be as good as the first one and they outdid themselves. Ryan Reynolds um, I think is a creative genius and their marketing team are also geniuses and and I mean that. I truly mean that. And um I was in awe watching them work and and uh now here we are. It's about to open and it's already getting an overwhelmingly great response. So yeah. I'm very, very pleased. That's awesome. That's awesome. What a week it has been for you. Uh I, I can I'll only see uh, amazing things to come. Best of luck with Deadpool. Looking forward to seeing more of you on Into the Badlands. And and thank you so much for taking some time out tonight. I know you've been on a, a whirlwind tour uh, promoting and, and doing your thing. And uh, I'm glad to have gotten you for a few minutes to talk about it. Um, very proud of this, the work you're doing. Very stoked to see uh, all the stuff that you have going on. And uh, I'm glad to uh, I'm glad to know you, brother. Yeah, man, I really appreciate it too, and I'm I'm just I'm I'm grateful for you to have me on, and and uh, you can hit me up anytime, like I told you, and I mean it. You can hit me up anytime, and we'll do it, and we'll make it work. Today I did like six interviews. I did like the uh, I did Power 106 in the morning. Last night I sang karaoke with William Hung for the Dead yeah. karaoke Great. party. It was insane, and uh, you know it was a, it's a whirlwind, and I just I landed and went straight to that karaoke thing and woke up in the next morning and did power did six interviews today and now seven with you so it's like it's it is crazy but it needs to be done and um i'm grateful for people like you that have good questions and and will take the time to sit down and talk to me and and uh be a part of this movement so thank you man and also i wanted to talk to you about about that uh secret that you found out so that was that was, that was fun. well done well done. thank you thank you and of course, well done to you for uh, for sitting on that for so long without cracking. I was trying to get you to crack, but you didn't. So oh, it was hard. It was hard, my friend. It was hard. I had to shut my phone off a few times, you know, and uh, not pick it up in certain times. And yeah, it was crazy. But Very cool. we did it, and the film opens tomorrow. And then if people, you know, didn't see enough of of uh, of of the sword work you can watch into the badlands on amc every sunday now and watch, and watch me cussing people up free guys free guys free guys baby <laughs> all right listen uh, i hope you uh i hope you it, things wind down enough for you to get some sleep and get some rest but uh best of luck looking forward to uh fireborn as well uh keep us up to date and uh do your thing brother i definitely will and thank you again anytime man <laughs> 2018 UASE will take place Saturday, November 10th at AMC Theaters Times Square, featuring five theaters with over 60 hours of action content from 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. That's right, Action Junkies, we're having a 14-hour action film megathon, showcasing the latest indie action film content and continuing last year's launch of Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater, featuring Shaw Brothers Kung Fu Classics and honoring the 40th anniversary of five daily events. Please join the Urban Action Showcase Diversity and Action Initiative, celebrating the past, present, and future multicultural achievements in the blockbuster action genre. As a platform, we advocate diversity and inclusion through our International Action Film Festival, Action Expo, and Action Film Awards platform to promote multicultural heroic images in order to change the dynamic of mainstream media.
part of the action by pre-purchasing a 2018 event pass for yourself or a friend. Master, Sanjay is finished. We can attack the city. Cannot thank Louis Tan enough for sparing some time to chat with me, especially as this crazy week continues to unfold for him. As you're listening to this, Deadpool 2 is opening across the country, and it has already smashed the record for the top preview gross for an R-rated film with a monstrous $18.6 million per Thursday night across 3,785 North American theaters. Not too shabby for the mark with a mouth. Meanwhile, on TV, you can continue to catch more of Lewis as Guys Chow tears it up in the Badlands every Sunday night on AMC. As for me... I haven't been on TV for some time now, though. If you know where to look, you can find me in an infomercial on YouTube. Otherwise, you can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or email, and all of those links will be in the show notes, so stop on by. Also, the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast merchandise store is open over at Threadless, so check out that link as well and pick up some cool, unique Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast gear. While you're on Twitter, check out my homies at the Castaways hashtag for some more awesome entertainment. If you do check them out, Drop them a line and tell them that you heard about them here. I'm going to wrap it up for tonight. Try to catch Deadpool 2 this weekend. So until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea roaming over the lands. Yeah, the little bit soldier is older than wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pass here. The pass, not the end back kicks, will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here, David D is coming back. The Tai Chi master, Jet Li's even faster. Could chat a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine But see Maggie chunk his spine off Golden Swallow has arrived Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight May as well pick the spot Yeah the sky goes black Cut the vampire's back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back You place the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah Wing Chun Shaolin and Manti style Yeah the Feed the enemy and watch you run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! 
this time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claw See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time and giant account in the TikTok The Shogun assassin slashing blood of just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got Irma just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor and the blood it'll splatter against the wall No fear at all, to kill them all There's always blood spilled when you head into a war Fearless, unleashed The fist of legend that's the car jelly I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, many for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war To smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we get it drunk and then we're fighting